Hi, with Julian on the brown note and a review of Kendrick Lamar's Mr. Morel and the Big Steppers. And first of all, congratulations to Kendrick Lamar for delivering the most terrifying to review album of the modern era. This was a most challenging for critiques album that's come out in modern history. Um, it is incredibly difficult and it's his most uncompromising and artistically challenging thing yet. Something you should know about critics is that they're sheep. Uh, movies or music, they'll run and say, if someone else says something's 10 out of 10, they'll run. So when this came out, everyone was going, I really don't understand this, 10 out of 10. Because it's Kendrick Lamar, already, you know, one of the probably most five most important rappers of all time. Um, with, you know, Bob Dylan got the Nobel Prize, the first one for music literature. And I think Kendrick Lamar got a Nobel Prize, sorry, a Pulitzer Prize, the first musician to get a Pulitzer Prize. There was a symmetry there going on. And just came out of the blocks with some of the the greatest rap albums of all time. Um, I will say this, I've slagged the, the greatest music bible this century was Pitchfork, who were brilliant up until the 2010s, and then they started getting half brilliant. Um, but the last three or four years, I would call it the effect of the bolt cutters era. Um, they've lost their way, but I was re I had I had so much respect for them giving this album seven point six out of ten, uh, which caused a firestorm amongst people, the gatekeepers of Kendrick. I was just like, well done. And they, even the needle drop, who does it's like a half hour review of this album, really in depth, didn't go nuts over it. He was very impressed, as I am. It is a hugely impressive artistic achievement. Um, it's his last for his record label so it, it is like a story arc from section 80 through Good Kid and to Pimp a Butterfly and Damn and now this it, each album occupies a chapter in that story uh, which has been an incredible one and where do you go and where do you go after this I don't even know what, what you would do after an album like this it's another double album and it's kind of mirrored. There are uh, there are complementary tracks on both sides, nine on each side, that somehow relate to each other. The needle drop goes into it a lot more than I'm going to go into it here. Um, he starts with "Be Afraid." Uh, that's that's the first words I remember being said. And fair enough. Uh, it's a much more dangerous album than I expected. It's a much more button pushing album. And he goes over the line a few times on this album into where the critics that have been worshipping him will have find a, a world of pain. Uh, usage of the F word, the slur, uh, on a track is going to challenge a lot of people, particularly from that, I hate the word woke so much, but it's so descriptively useful, but from that woke journalist world, uh, and, there, and there are a few tracks that really punish the listener and, and sort of, it, it's confrontational stuff, it really is. Um, I thought that the opener, uh, United in Grief, a lot of the um, tracks have this incredible high-speed rap, which is stunning. You know, he, he showboats here as um, arguably the greatest virtuoso. I think since Eminem came back from his um, retirement 57 years ago, and came back with a run of really shit music. Um, he has doubled down on rapping aggressively fast all the time. To a point where I heard a track of his and was laughing. Um, 
Kendrick does a lot of very high intensity, high speed rapping here, but he's just dexterous and I didn't find it false. Um, uh, there's a lot of avant-garde instrumentation on this um, album. Um, too much so at some times. There'll be like three different, like two too many ideas when one would have done. Um, the uh, drill production on the second track in 95, that was a high point and, and one of the more easy tracks to get into. Really, really like that. High tempo. The ugly as F uh, hook on it as well it was good. Um, and three as well. That's um, Worldwide Steppers has some um, interesting thoughts on white chicks that could prove problematic. <laughs> um, but that's three really high intensity tracks in a row. It can leave you a bit out of breath listening to this. But saying, and, he, and he brings in Kodak Black on that one, I think, which is um, bringing in someone a little bit more problematic. Uh, possibly domestic violence charges or convictions, um, which has been echoing sort of like Kendrick, um, Kanye bringing in people deliberately to provoke, but I don't get that vibe here so much. Um, but then he does drop the tempo uh, for, for the um, Die Hard, which is like the most good kid Mad City. That's the album that sort of comes up the most on this record, referencing good kid Mad City. Um, but the track itself is the least interesting of those four. It's a bit drifty and aimless, to be honest. Quite a middling one. Um, but I really thought that the high point was um, at that stage was Father Time. Featuring Sampha, featuring his uh, golden voice. Um, or they, I don't know. I actually don't know. Um, the, uh, their golden voice on that is a really dynamic, daddy-issue track. boom back rap style. Really, really strong track. Excellent. And a couple of times, I mentioned on uh, the Smile album review about Pyramid's song, these um, gentle, like, flowing chord progressions on pianos. It comes up a couple of times here as well on that Rich interlude. Um, that came up as well. Uh, Rich Spirit, uh, great production. He sort of drops the um, machine gun uh, tempo of a lot of the lyrical delivery here to get quite gravelly and whispery, and that was really good. Um, and uh, the track on uh, that really, really stood out on that first al first half of this double album was um, We Cry Together. Now, it is set as an argument, a bitter, brutal argument. There's a lot of swearing in this song, maybe an all-time Hall of Famer, like the entirety of Goodfellas in one song. Um, and it's Guy ragging the girl, ragging the guy, having this huge, violently abusive uh, argument, verbally, not physically. Um, I thought it was magnificent because it sounds like people arguing, but the um, meter and tempo of each person's verses is so well put together. It must have taken ages um, working on it. And the master stroke on this one is using the actress Taylor Page. I don't think that there's a rapper that would have occupied the space as she does. Kendrick goes at her like crazy and gets angry in that, but she wrestles the intensity from him and increases it. Like her acting on it is magnificent and much better than if they just used a rapper. Incredible track. I don't really get the um, the Daily Telegraph moaning about the um, stop tap dancing around the issue. It's a bit of a non-event for me. I was expecting this massive cringe moment, but nothing really happened. Um, and then it rounds out with um, a sort of five minute long 
luscious soul funk uh, thing with purple hearts. Apparently Ghostface Killer's on that one, but I couldn't actually notice them. I don't think I've ever not noticed Ghostface Killer on a track. It's, it's palate cleansing. It's also another of the album's drearier moments. It's almost like when he does do all of this relentless, uncompromising, high-intensity stuff, when we drop into the sort of um, more mid-tempo, luscious stuff, it's it's a little bit more boring. It's still a luscious track, and it's fine. It's just not that interesting. Um, the opener, um, Count Me Out, brilliantly hooky, but way too many ideas, I thought, for Side 2's opener. Um, and that piano comes back again um, with um, Crown, but again, a little bit inconsequential. Again, it's one of the breezier milder track um silent hill i thought up the ante really good um almost like boards of canada that legendary uh scottish electronic act i had some really good stuff on that um and that's quite that's actually a, that's actually one of the low-key tracks on the album that is really really works um, Saviour, the interlude, which I don't think features Kanye, on, uh, Kendrick, I'm not sure if it's him, I think it's someone else on that one, I can't quite remember. Um, it's got a high intensity, but it's, um, in, it's in, inessential and forgettable. Um, I thought that the follow-up, um, the Saviour track proper was one of the strongest tracks on the album. Kendrick's front and centre, direct at the listener in this one. Uh, and again, a, a boom back via Flying Lotus style he did do flying lotus onto pimper butterfly as well uh definitely auntie diaries will be the most notorious track on it where he um he makes a really strong artistic statement about talking about his own life where his um auntie became a man and how he dealt with it then versus how he grew to being a better person with the analogy of rap music and he uses the f word over and over and you know, how he has grown out of what he used to use the F word for uh, and understands it now. Really challenging because I don't believe that the usage of a word is racist, sexist or homophobic or misogynist. I think your intent and context are the main things. So the N word being inherently racist is wrong. You can be a massive racist and never use the N word. You can use the N-word as a quotation, such as being a 14-year-old girl singing Kendrick Lamar at a concert. And if you look at a lot of rap concerts from the 90s, white audiences chanted the N-word and no one said a thing. Um, but why I brought all of that up is it's, 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 like, it's, it's a fascinating song, really button-pushing. A little bit cringe at times. It's, it's deep. These are hard waters to navigate. So I'm giving him a pass. But I love the fact that he brought this 14-year-old girl up on stage and berated her for using the N-word. And that's the last bit of this song, which is it, they we can all say the F-word together. And then he just adds a caveat at the end, as long as a white chick can say the N-word. And I thought <clears throat> that was really interesting to me, knowing that he'd done that in the past. And I thought, I don't know if that's quite on when you did that. I understand, but surely it's indicative of, you know, black culture reaching suburban white chicks, which is surely a good thing. And chanting a song lyric quotation isn't racist. 
anyway, I thought that was a really interesting track. Um, uh, I thought the title track, Mr. Morale, or de facto title track, I thought had um, a bit of a Yeezus vibe. You know, that sort of like really sort of dense, weird, industrial, synth-laden stuff going on. I thought that was quite interesting. Obviously, the standout track of the album, uh, as far as critics have been concerned, is Mother I Sober, um, which features um, Beth Gibbons from Portishead. Now, I didn't really rate the hook. Um, it's a little bit mundane. It's a little bit, you know, if you've got Beth Gibbons from Portishead, maybe a little bit more. But the, the lyrics and the delivery are probably the best on the album. Uh, he goes through this story of cyclical violence from a child and ending with his wife saying, you know, you congratulations, you've broken the cycle. And it's very powerful. It's very long. Longest track on the album. Uh, and, you know, that is a two of the force that would have been one of the best tracks on any of the other albums. Um, and then it sort of uh, goes down with Mirror. Again, it's a bit like I, good kid, but a bit tepid. Um, so overall, this is such a complex and difficult album. There are undeniable flaws. You know, about a third of the tracks aren't as interesting as most of what he's done. But I wasn't a big fan of Damn, and I found that this, as an artistic challenge, was so much more powerful and impressive. So I am going to say I would probably, off the top of my head, say Section 80, 8.5 out of 10. Good Kid Man City, my favourite to listen to, 9.5 out of 10. To Pimp a Butterfly, 9.5 out of 10. Because I admired it, whereas I loved Good Kid. Um, I listened to that more. Damn a 7. Uh, I thought front-loaded with like massive singles and not as anywhere near as coherent an artistic statement as anything else he's done. And Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale, and the... Can you believe I've forgotten what the album's called? It's a crap title. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. I'm going to give a 7.5 out of 10, and uh, just well done for, you know, not resting on your laurels here. Compare this to a lot of mumble rap. Adios.